0: So I learned to do IVs myself, so and I had really hard veins to stick, so I learned to do my oh, own IVs
1: cool. and run,
2: on the
1: Snake takes. Welcome we to Sugar you, Snake Takes with Jake Plummer, Rashad Evans, and Mike Slavin. I'm your host, Dale Jolly. We're all part of Umbo, a functional mushroom company, and we've decided to come together to share meaningful stories to get you thinking. Stories about sports, the future of athletic performance, and pretty much whatever we would like. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing?
0: Good. Real good. Yes. To, doing well. Glad
1: to be here with you guys. And, uh Getting, getting this on a Saturday morning, so this will be fun. So, Snake, you doing good?
2: I'm doing really well, man. Just enjoying uh, a little bit of time with the kids, with Creekside, hanging out just uh, Saturday, man. going to go to the skate park and go do some garage sailing and just roll around with the kiddos and have some fun, cut loose and forget about everything else for a little bit and drop in and be present with my kids. Mm-hmm.
1: Right on. We went to the we went to the skate park for the Longmont Skate Days and they were throwing tennis balls that had free decks in it, skateboard decks, and these kids were killing each other in the in the bowls, <laughs> fighting for these tennis balls. It was pretty uh, pretty fun. So nice. Well, let's get into our episode today. How this works? Everybody knows we do kind of a theme for the day that. Uh, Jake and Rashad kind of tell some fantastic stories about their, their past or how it relates today as as well. Then we do a little trivia, which we gotta have that running number there, Mike. Who who's winning this right now? Because it's been kind of neck and neck with some shit answers from all of us for the last few episodes. Oh, you think you're winning?
0: I think Jake is actually winning. I think Jake is, is actually winning.
1: Okay, yeah. well we'll By just we'll get a little bit. Total. We run a little trivia, do that, and then we take audience members' questions. So, again, if you guys have questions for sugar or snake, please do that. Send those in. And uh, whoever whoever's uh, question we ask, we send them some free Umbo products. So uh, get those questions in. But So today's theme, guys, we are going to speak about what it is you used to do post- fight or post-game for recovery. What are some of the things that y'all used to uh, kind of dive into after either a training camp for you, Rashad, or I don't know, even even an individual game or even a season, uh, Snake? But let's start with you, Snake. You want to give us your take on some recovery post-game?
2: Yeah, you know, we did a lot of off-season training. So, you know, there was some recovery there because you're training for five days in a row, uh you know hitting it hard uh so you learn how to take that time to rest mostly it was just resting getting off your feet and you know trying to chill but in in arizona you were also recovering from the heat you know recovering from the the drain of of that intense amount of heat and so after games uh i'm not proud to say it but most of the time it was go get some beer drink some beers eat eat whatever food was presented um and and assess your body and assess how you feel so you could just go get a night to relax after the game uh and then know that you know you may have to go in and get treatment on monday and that was a large part of the recovery was going in to see the see your trainer um with the cardinals we'd go in you'd have to go check in but i was going to see brett fisher who was my my personal trainer who was really really good and uh, he would assess my body and and you know basically help me through his either treatment of massage, soft tissue, um, ice and stem and some stretching, some mobilizations and a light workout. You know, he would help me kind of get that system going, get the system moving to flush out the the bruises and flush out, uh, you know, all, all the, all the buildup from the game. Um, but yeah, then on the off day, you know, you just try to relax. I mean, you're tired. you you really don't want to go do too, too much, but I would always, I would always find something to do if it wasn't going golfing with some buddies, which is pretty easy on an off day, so long as my body would allow. Uh, or go to a movie. Movies were always a lot of fun to just go to a movie and chill out. In fact, one time I was in a movie theater and I heard someone run by the movie theater and yell, we love you, Jake. Like, I don't even know how they knew I was in there. Must have f- spied me coming in. Uh, but that was, that was pretty funny. But another thing I like to do in, in Arizona, I lived on the back of South Mountain and so I would just jaunt off and head up into the mountains, uh, head over the, the end of the hills, just go on a little hike. And I had a little perch up there. I could go hit, chill out, and just kind of like decompress with my dog, Willis, my basset hound, and uh, find some time just to chill out. So those, those that's how I did it. That's what I did on my off days. Um, you know, it was always short-lived because, you know, Monday treatment, you go do some stuff. Then Tuesday was a full off day. But, man, that day went by fast. And, you know, before I knew it here in Denver, I'd get that fax machine. Yeah, a fax machine would ring, and beep, here comes the game plan for next week. So there goes all my fun. It's over Tuesday about five, about 6.37, sometimes 8. There goes the day off. Now I'm I'm down charting plays, drawing out formations, drawing out the plays, drawing out progressions, and just trying to get this stuff in my brain so I could get ready to go approach Wednesday's meetings and Wednesday's practice. So quick, short-lived off days uh, because you know you're right back into it. But definitely didn't do much other than, than what I said. There was no IVs or electrolyte infusions or hyperbaric chambers or anything like that. It was just letting our body heal. And, and I was really impressed at, at how that process went about, like to get beat up like we did, to, to Monday feel pretty sore, then you know Rashad and, and Dale, you guys know like usually the next day you're okay, but it's that second day when that pain just starts. Oh my God, like my neck right here would be so sore. I'd find spots in my body where I didn't even know I had like been hit, like big huge bruises across my back. or like where I didn't even feel that till Tuesday afternoon. And then by Wednesday, you'd feel a little better. Thursday, you're rolling. And Friday, you're back to being a, a close to 100%, as close as you can get. And so I marveled at the human body, how well it recovers on its own just by its pure you know, systems that are in place. So I was always really kind of – I actually really liked it. Like, wow, I recovered from a ass kicking in like three days, four days. I'm ready to go out, and I'm as primed and as ready to go as any other athlete on the field. And I just marveled at the human body, how well it recovered.
3: Did you learn to hate the sound of the fax machine? Because once you heard that noise, it meant the- <laughs> it was over?
2: Yes. It was like, no, there it goes. My Tuesday's over. Um, but, you know, nowadays the, kid, the, the, the guys go in on Monday. They go in Tuesday. There's really no days that they take off necessarily. I, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's pretty much a, a, a right back into it. So, you know, I, I, I have my fun, though. I have my fun on Mondays, Tuesdays. So I made sure when that fax came in, I was ready. But it always was like, oh, God, not, oh, not yet, I'm not ready. <laughs>
1: That's like the the ticking clock of the 60 minutes episodes on Sundays. I remember hearing that t- 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 and just it, for some reason it always would aggravate me because it reminded me I got school tomorrow. So never a fan of that, those noises.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, That's on. a good That's one. Great. Rashad give us your take on a little bit of uh post camp post fight recovery. That's probably probably a little bit different, especially if you, uh, if you took a beating, man, I'd love to hear how you, you approach that.
0: Yeah. Well, in MMA, the training is always the hardest part. It's, it's ridiculously hard to the point where, you know, you have to constantly assess yourself throughout the training and different phases and what you're trying to accomplish in those phases. So, in the training in the early part of the training camp it was a lot of hard physical labor um a lot of rounds and a lot of just beating the body up and then towards the middle you kind of taper it down and towards the end you kind of taper it down even further than that and just really work a uh, shorter time and really trying to get the body to to starve for that much action that much uh you know physical output that you've been doing in the beginning of the camp but then the body is going to be uh really going to the part where it's trying to recover. And that's where implement using a lot of IVs and, you know, finding somebody to give you IVs consistently on a weekly basis became a very hard thing. So, and I didn't want to pay anybody. So I learned to do IVs myself. So, and I had really hard veins to stick. So I learned to do my own IVs. And every Friday it was glutathione, phosphatidylcholine, uh, vitamin C, and whatever goodies that I can pack in this bag, but it would just be, I'll just, you know, order these, order these, uh, these, these, uh, supplements and I'll put them in the IV bag and I'll just do them. And then I'll do that pretty much every Friday up until my fight. And then before I fight, I usually got like a, um, I usually gave blood about two weeks before, so it kind of got rid of all of that old blood and got rid of all that old inflammation and those kind of things and got some new blood. And I did like two weeks beforehand, so it gave my body enough time to really build itself back up. Uh, and, and then you know after I made weight, it was uh, it was IVs as well too. Uh, and, but then when the the drug and uh, the the usada came in, they put it into the whole IV thing. So then I had to just kind of drink water at a very slow rate in order to to get the same benefit but ivs were a big part of really bringing your body back uh in mma and i use I use hyperbaric chambers and i also use uh you know um cold plunges and all those different things but see it's it's kind of different because in mma like when i first started it was kind of going off of the the old mindset of just, like, it's about being tough and it's about being durable. And then somewhere towards the middle, toward in, in the end, it was all about recovery. It was all about forming. It was all about just kind of getting your body to feel better. So I, I adapted to those times, but at the same time, I feel like I was, like, my camp and my team were, were like, on the forefront of really starting the whole, like, IV revolution and all those things in mixed martial arts.
3: I haven't had many IVs. Did you feel like an immediate difference since it's going direct into your bloodstream? Was it like instant or did it still take a few hours to really take
0: effect? No, it took, it took a few hours, but for the most part, it depends on how depleted I was. I could feel it immediately, you know, um, especially when I did like the glutathione and stuff like that. And you can taste the glutathione in your mouth as it hits your veins. You can actually taste it. And uh, I will feel those right away. But you know, it it was it was a really much needed process because I don't know if I could have made it through camp without it. And just, you know, from a hydration standpoint, because I'm training two to three times a day and I'm sweating at least. Seven to, you know, seven to ten pounds each training wow. session. So I would lose so much weight every single time I trained that I had to constantly stay on top. Did you
2: did you do it yourself or were you advised on the mixtures that you put? The juice that you put in—were you advised on that, or did you do the research yourself and come up with it?
0: I, I was advised on it. I was advised on it. and I got a protocol from a doctor, and you know, uh, once he gave me the protocol, I would just mix my bags myself. After you know, because he he had the he had the whole thing set up with the the mixture, and you know, he had a nurse administer it. And then after a while, he couldn't find a nurse. And he's like, "Yeah, you guys are kind of coming in a lot." And I was like, "I could do this because what ended up happening most of the time, because my veins are so." so hard to hit, I would end up having to find the veins for the nurse anyway. So I'm like, I don't need them to do this because a lot of times they stick me like eight times before they found a really good vein to go into. So I, I learned to find the best. So you're a, you're a phlebotomist. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would, I, I got good. I I gave my friends up my nice. IVs and everything. I got, I got pretty good at
1: dude. I yeah, I didn't know that. Paging Dr. Evans. Like, why are we why are we not doing IVs yeah. when you're out here?
0: We should definitely be getting some IVs. I'm telling you, we should do IV party. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's that's a lot different than the way I've ever done it. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I would hang I'll hang these IVs on on, on a on a On hangers and hook them up to my on my wall. I'll have all kinds of crazy (laughs) contraptions.
1: Doctor Doctor Evans Discount IV bags.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe (laughs) we Uh, start (laughs) a clinic or Start a clinic. People can come in. You know. What's
0: that? I know. I'm telling you. Awesome.
3: Well, guys, it's time for the Sugar Snake Showdown. We got another one in the books, and you know. Dell, you mentioned really considering who's winning right now. But I think up till now, we've been in preseason. You know, we've had some hiccups. There have been a few, you know, kind of curveballs thrown at us. And, um, you know, today is really when things are going to start to kick off and get serious. So um, we're taking off the training wheels, guys. You're not going to get a second, right. a second chance. This is just one, one shot and done. Sudden death. You get one answer. All right, and we're gonna start, start here with Dell. This is a bit of, this is related uh, to the sort of off day kind of recovery stuff. We've got some folks here who have made some questionable dietary choices inside of their professional career. And um, it's about who said what. So uh, Dell, we're gonna kick off with you, okay? The question is, which pro golfer said, you know, I don't drink water, I hate water. I cannot stand drinking water. Was it A, Phil Mickelson, B, John Daly, C, Tiger Woods, or D, Arnold Palmer? Ooh, that,
1: that's tough because the the old Arnold Palmer, but my favorite golfer in all the world is John Daly. So I'm going to have to go with him because that dude, he's not drinking water out there. I, I can assure you that. So it's either – might be the Ar- Arnold Palmer, but I'm going with my boy John Daly.
3: He's going with B, John Daly. That is correct. Good answer. Yes.
2: That was pretty obvious. Oh, that was wow. pretty obvious.
1: I don't know, not with the Arnold Palmer man. Like, what there's you, nothing better. What than do you think, Arnold? Arnold Palmer.
2: Yeah, but do you think he was drinking lemonade and iced tea all day? And Arnold Palmer was drinking water. John Daly was smoking cigarettes and drinking beer on the golf course, wow, kicking dude, everyone's check ass. The, the,
1: the check this clip. Of <laughs> athleticism.
3: You've also calculated that you drink upwards of 515
2: gallons of Diet Coke a year, and that was based on drinking 15 cans of Diet Coke a day. And it might have lessened <laughs> some.
0: But – How do you even consume that much soda in a day? I used to drink anywhere from 12 to 20 Diet Cokes a day. How? I went to McDonald's three or four times a day. To me, they always had the best fountain drink, fountain Diet Coke. I don't know, because I don't drink water. I hate water. I cannot stand to drink water. You don't drink water at all? No, Rich Beam and some of the guys, they call me Camel. Because I don't drink water. I never drink water on tour.
1: <laughs> that is peak physical performance right there, Rashad. Take a look at that. That right there is wow. the, I
0: the definition. I, I want, is he still alive today? Is he still, yep.
3: he that man sick. needs an IV. We need to get <laughs> you over there, Rashad. He,
0: <laughs> he needs an IV of Diet Coke. He, can't, he cannot huh? still be alive. He cannot still be alive. There's no I bet way. you he's he aged
3: is. pretty rapidly.
1: You guys are just jealous of his athleticism. It's
3: okay. I'm jealous yeah. of the suit. Jeez. But uh, <laughs> all right, move, moving on, Rashad, this will be your question. When asked about his diet, which Olympian said he eats mostly chicken nuggets? Was it Simone Biles, Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt, or Katie Ledecky?
0: I am going to say it was Michael Phelps. Ooh. Oh, my god! Hussein. Oh, my gosh. Hussein bone. Hussein Oh, I thought I was going to take the same boat Like, when you, when you were going into a major competition, what did you eat? Vegetables? Nah. <laughs> Tofu? What, what is it? I want um, to be fast. Mostly chicken nuggets. I know it it works (laughs) really stick to what works the mcdonald's people are really happy right now (laughs) yes the hamburger is someplace like mary mccheese did you hear this yeah
2: when you got the gift uh, when you got the gift and you have it it doesn't matter what you put in i've been around guys on the football football field i mean a guy like simeon rice Guy like Keith Poole at ASU, these guys, are, they, they didn't eat healthy. They ate whatever was in front of them. And usually it was fast food and they balled out. They just had the gift.
3: In Be- the Beijing Olympics, he didn't trust any- eating anything else that would like, dis- disrupt his stomach. So he had like a thousand chicken nuggets during that time.
0: <laughs> well, well, wait a minute. Yeah. In, in his defense, though, I've been in China before and. I wasn't even about chicken nuggets either. <laughs> <'Cause> they- <Yeah. laughs>
3: All right. Now we're, we're on to Snake. Great. Which NBA player admitted yes to accusations he would wrap an egg McMuffin and sausage patty in a pancake with extra butter and syrup while yelling at his teammates from a stationary bike at practice? Was it A. (laughs) LeBron James, B. Charles Barkley, C. Shaquille O'Neal, or D. Larry Bird? I'm gonna go
2: with the round mound of rebound. B. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley. Yes. He was the round mound man. You can't get a round mound of rebound without having some food like that in your body.
3: This caught my attention. I have to ask you about it. Uh, Jason Williams told Vice Sports a story about you showing up to practice, eating McDonald's breakfast while exercising on the bike and yelling at your teammates. Is that the truth? What is the truth behind that story?
0: That's the truth. You know, when I got to Philadelphia, Dr. J, multiple on Maurice Cheeks, they never practice. They sit on the side on the stationary bike eating McDonald's. So <laughs> once I had been in the league X amount of years... I adopted that philosophy. I had played 48 minutes the night before. I wasn't going to get up the next morning to go to practice. <laughs> and I always go with the uh, egg McMuffins and the hot cakes and sausage, too. That's the best breakfast you can get.
3: And you wrap it up together. That's what he said, right? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah love dude. Charles Barkley, man. Love that dude. Ooh.
0: dude.
3: I love that he had no shame about it whatsoever.
1: Yeah, McDonald's no and... Shame. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Umbo, we try to, you know, take your health back in your own hands. And we're talking a lot about mushrooms. I think that maybe we need to uh, figure out the old McBig Mac, McMushroom Big Mac or something like that, because McDonald's is making a big appearance here in this <laughs>
3: big
1: performance. And right.
2: you know who we get is we get uh, Brent Musburger to be our spokesman. We could just call him Brent Mushburger. <laughs> it's all ready. I want
1: to see if the hamburger get a sponsorship from the hamburger.
2: You know what? You know what's funny? It pisses me off when these athletes actually like endorse fast food. It's like I don't know why they do it. It's just one day there's going to be an athlete that endorses organic, you know, vegetables and stuff like that. That's that's really what I like to see. And challenge some of these athletes today to stop endorsing Sprite and sugar sodas. And endorse some, some stuff that's good for these young kids that are very impressionable and looking at them like, oh, I drink Gatorade and, and eat McDonald's to make it to the league. Like, no, you, eat, you drink Gatorade and eat McDonald's to get you know, diabetes and be unhealthy.
3: <laughs> yeah, we yeah. need yeah. John Daly I'm to, to uh, start, start, you know, become a spokesman for some water, that poor guy. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I I adopted that punch. I punch my kids in the face every time we drive by a McDonald's, so that way when they see a McDonald's, they think of that. And I, that was from Supersize Me, that documentary. He said he he punches kids in the face every time they see a McDonald's, so that if they see a McDonald's, they think, "Oh no, I'm gonna get punched in the face and never eat that shit."
1: <laughs>
2: I, mean, I never I asked. did away with the
1: supersize after that that episode, but Usain Charles and. Uh... John Daly would all disagree
3: with you, Snake. Saying, man. They're
2: awesome. Some of the best in the world, so good for them.
3: This, this could use a fact check, but that Super Size Me video or movie was very popular in sort of creating an anti-fast food uh, sort of response from culture, which is probably, you know, a good thing. But it turns out that Morgan Spurlock was also drinking very, very heavily throughout the entire like recording of that documentary. So when they saw that his liver wow. was having all this impact, it was really the alcohol and it wasn't it was maybe just fractionally the fast food. So.
0: You could... Oh, really? Interesting. Good <laughs> all
3: right. McDonald's is open. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Let's move into some uh, community Q&A here. This is a, this is a good, good question here for you, Jake, from an old sun devil. He said, uh, it's tea stick. I'm an old sun devil like yourself, Jake. What would you recommend as a mushroom supplement to increase memory and focus and decrease mental aging as I get older?
2: Yeah. Uh, tea stick go devils. That's sweet. Uh, good question. You know, I've been going back and forth on, on all the different types of mushrooms. You know, what we've in most of our product, there's, there's really four of the main ones you want to look at is reishi, turkey tail, lion's mane and cordyceps. Um, but every day there's findings coming out, um, of just recently cordyceps being really good for, you know, blunt force trauma to the head, keeping the blood supply, keeping your cells at a cellular level, uh, ready to repair what damage is done. So, that helps increase your memory uh, because you're not losing memory from that damage. But if we had to pick one, you know, what, what the research is showing is that lion's mane is definitely one that helps with neuronal repair and growth and also neuronal projection, which is when your, your, your know, pathways are out searching, they get to a spot and then they send out a bunch more little, you know, tendrils out to go search for more connections. So if you had to, stick with that. Lion's Mane would be the best one. But I believe also Reishi is such a a good thing for your nervous system that it helps you kind of calm down, takes a little bit of your helps your ability to cope with stress, which all of them together, I believe, you know, help with your memory and, uh, you know, help with your focus. Sometimes focus can just be what you're putting in your body too. You know, if your body is is running on sugar and and processed foods and, and caffeine all the time, uh, you know, focus can be tough. So, Um, you know, just mushrooms alone won't solve every problem, but we know that taking them helps uh, your body function at a higher level, helps those systems that you need to increase memory and focus and also decrease not just mental aging, but aging in general. Uh, You know, you, you take the mushroom supplements, you take, you take the Umbo products, your body doesn't work as hard to do the normal things that it's supposed to do for you to function. And that's what I That's why I put into the medicine every day when I take it is that this is helping me function and it's helping my body work more efficiently with less effort, spending less fuel, which then increases memory, focus,
3: and decreases that aging process. Rashad or Dell, you guys have anything to add to this question?
0: No, I think Jake pretty much hit it all on the head.
1: Yeah, I I would just add uh, one thing to consider too is the gut and gut health, gut being the second mm-hmm. brain. And uh, just a statistic is there's 100 million neurons in your brain and there is 500 million neurons in your gut. So turkey tail is the is the most studied functional mushroom. A lot of papers out there about it. And uh, using it as a prebiotic to kind of help your gut biome will ultimately improve your, your brain health. So I think in our lifetime, we'll see a lot of connection between your gut health and dementia and Alzheimer's and and trying to figure out how to correlate the two. So turkey tail, and lion's mane, if I were to say you got to take two mushrooms for brains, it'd be those
2: two. Roar and gobble, gobble. Just remember, roar and
1: gobble, 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 gobble.
2: (laughs) Lion and a turkey, man, and you're going to be on it.
3: (laughs) Yep. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Right on. All right, fellas. Well, that concludes another fantastic episode of Sugar Snakes Takes. Appreciate everybody joining us, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace.
3: See you guys. (laughs) Peace out.